This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. How are you doing this afternoon? As I mentioned in the Daily Financial News this morning on March 11th, I had a special guest this afternoon. I have someone who reached out after watching uh, one of our discussions with another viewer about the crypto space, and I thought her response was articulate and very thought-provoking. So I said, you know what? I think I have to talk to you also because there's so many things going on in the crypto space. There's a lot of... uh, I'd say there's a lot of hype. Uh, there's a lot of not understanding. And I just want to be a little bit better. And so I thought Kay Brooks could help us. Uh, how you doing, Kay? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. <laughs> so uh, why don't you introduce the audience to who is Kay Brooks, kind of where you're at? Uh, what, have, what have you done already in the crypto space? And then we'll kind of just go from there. Um, well, my, again, my name's Kay. I'm a bit of a dabbler in the, in the crypto space. Um, I'm a, I actually work as, I'm still in corporate America right now. I work for a pharmaceutical company <laughs> um, and I just started getting into rentals, which is how I found the channel. I, we just got our first two duplexes in December. So we're, nice. Yay. Ex- yeah, <laughs> I have something to post on the group about that later. <laughs> but, nice. um, okay. Yes, got it. it's been interesting and a lot of fun just learning how to do things. Um, but I started looking at the crypto space probably back in 2000. 17, the last time we had our hype cycle. Um, Basically, the hype cycles tend to go in four-year increments that they kind of align with Bitcoin's having. Um, So 2017, that was when the price hit about $20,000. So um, that's when I was like, oh, I heard about that in 2012. Um, I didn't get into it. I have to get into it now and kind of went down the rabbit hole there. Very cool. So uh, let's explain what Bitcoin having is. Uh, Obviously, you and I know what it is. Um, but I'm not sure everybody does, and also why it's important. Do you want to give that a shot? Sure. Um, so the Bitcoin, we all know, or I guess Bitcoin is has 21 million coins, and mm-hmm. that's the total supply that it has. The way that you actually get coins regularly is every 10 to 15 minutes, there's a block, and the miners who produce enough energy and figure out a math problem get the prize on that block. Um, every four years, the amount of that prize decreases by half. And that's how you kind of get well, the, quant- the quantity decreases by half. Right. The quantity of the prize. So, yeah. Quantity of the prize. Right. Prize. Right. 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 Yep, yep. <laughs> For solving that block. So that decreases in half. Um, so every four years, that's what, that's what occurs. And um, when that happens, there's a little bit of a supply shock. Um, mm-hmm. The amount of Bitcoin that was there is no longer available. <laughs> and it takes a little bit of time to kind of catch up. Generally, um, again, there's not a lot of history with Bitcoin. It's fairly new, but right. um, it takes about a year and a half after that having um, for us to hit the top of the hype cycle. So 2017 in December was kind of that top of that hype cycle. Um, and right now they're thinking that the top of the hype cycle this year is going to be um, anywhere from August to December of 2021. Ah, look at you. So that does make sense, right? The having is something that's interesting to look at because again, it's a way to control supply, right? It, yes. it, it just, it 
you know, literally, you know, if, if 4,000 or 40,000 or whatever the number was spitting out last time, it's, it's half that now. And it'll be halved again in about three years or three and a half years. And that's why they're saying the last block or the last coin will be will be extracted in what 2030 something 2140 oh 21 2140 so we're talking 120 <laughs> years from now geez so again but yeah. again but at that point it's like 0.0000001 bitcoin so again it decreases fairly quickly yeah that's very cool uh and then other and then again the supply constraint that was what kind of brought me back to it in 2020 Mm-hmm. Um, and not 17, the last cycle, right? Because I think I shared in that last video, I had a friend who came and sat on my couch in 17 and I thought he was levitating. He was so excited about Bitcoin, right? He's like, you got to get in. It's like 18,000. I bought it 4,000. Go, go, go. And I'm like, he leaves and I'm like, honey, we're not touching. We're, those are tulip bulbs. I don't know what he's doing. He was, he was floating with all this energy. And then I talked to him again and now he was very... Uh, calm it's it's i think it's a very different feel this time the fear of missing out maybe it has just started to get to individuals but mm -hmm. early part of this year was very institutional is that does it feel different to you too well to be honest it's the institutional adoption that you're hearing has been in the works since about 2006 2017 or 2016 mm. 2017 um it's actually very interesting that's when you start hearing a lot of companies like jp morgan i think they started talking about coming out with their own coin you know, kind of starting to catering to the crypto space. I think 2018, 2019, a lot of companies, um, while they were saying that Bitcoin is a fad, were also doing a lot of research and starting to get into the space. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know, those those Wall those Wall Street firms like to make money, and they oh, will. Yeah. They'll put they'll put service or management or custodian fees on anything. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But there's there's been a there's been a culmination of research that's been going on. So it seems like everything's happening right now and everybody's kind of jumping on the bandwagon. And while yes, that is true to some extent, um, there's been a lot of, I guess, background that's been going on. For sure. But, the, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, no companies, you know, at the highest level, you know, just suddenly wake up one day and want to put it on their balance sheet, right? Oh no! And just in the last seven days, I was reading about how it's gone international. I'm sure you've seen it, right? I think there was a New Zealand. There was a firm in, I think, Norway. Norway. That's um, it. I was going to say New Zealand. That's not right. It's a different in. Yeah, Norway, and somebody <laughs> in South Korea or something. Another. There's a couple of companies that. Did yeah, it. I know that there is a company in China, um, okay. like Req or something, yeah. that put it on their their balance sheet. I know IBC. Or me too that's where it was me too in china and acker asa in norway and i know ibc group has quite a bit in dubai <laughs> yeah so it's 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 actually been international for a really long time um uh, venezuela actually was except has been accepting it for i think a couple of years sure. iran has things with the miners where they are accepting it to get around sanctions with the u.s yeah. <laughs> so it's there's a lot there's a lot moving on in, in the space and it's more than just what's going on in the last six so one, th one thing I wanted to always ask, because again, I got into crypto just as an insurance policy, right? I wanted, you know, last time it was silver and gold. This time mm -hmm. it's, you know what, I, I, I'm a believer in the digital gold aspect of this. I don't think it's a currency per se, because you're not going to go to the grocery store and, mm -mm. or buy your latte, but an alternative asset, uh, you know, a store of value, I can get behind all of that. But when I say crypto, uh, are, are you like a truest and you just talk Bitcoin and everything else is a joke? Or, or is crypto more than that in, in your world, uh, Kay? 
Um, for me, I'm humble enough to be open-minded about almost anything. Okay. Um, oh, I like that. <laughs> I, I mean, I just feel like there's way too much out there. Innovation happens so quickly and we've, you know, like hundred years ago, it took 20, 30 years for the next new thing to come out here. It's almost every year, every two that you hear something new that's exciting and amazing. Um, but that being said, there is an aspect of you, there, you have to be careful because a lot of things are scams. Um, again, even just going back to 2017, back in the hype cycle of all of that, there are things called ICOs, initial coin offerings. There is a coin that came out every single day about every single thing. And it was literally a money grab. People just said, hey, I created a brand new coin. It's going to do this. They copy white papers and take people's money and say, just give me this much and I'll give you so many coins. And just those things kind of fell <laughs> to, to nothing. Boom, um, boom. Yeah. Yep. Same with yield farming. Uh, everything starts, you know, giving its own yield, but yield off a coin that does what? Like, <laughs> you, you know, and then even now with the NFTs, um, there is a value that could definitely come from that. Um, being able to, I guess, have an open market for internet intellectual property could be very, very valuable. But, you know, is like buying a tweet valuable? Like, that's yeah. something that's open and available to everybody. Like, what's the value of owning that? I, I don't actually see that. So I well, think that there's- Yeah, let's talk about NFT. So NFTs is non-fungible fungible token, right? Yes, I will, I will admit, I don't have a lot of expertise there. I've just been really, really hesitant. So I don't have a lot of expertise on it. Well, NFTs. let's just talk about, that's a good thing, right? Because just because you get into crypto space, it doesn't mean you buy all this other stuff that's going on, mm -hmm. right? And NFTs- are well i think it's very much like the money grab of those coins back in 18 mm -hmm. like hey somebody had a good idea right nba top shot or top yeah top shot kind of was selling little three second clips of, of mm -hmm. athletes essentially uh and then you come out and you have you know the first tweet going for 2.5 million that i'm like i'm like you i'm like that's already in the domain. What the hell? Just because you can say you got the first tweet. I don't get it. It still says Jack Dorsey on it. I don't get it. I mean, it. aren't those tweets also potentially owned by Twitter? Twitter just, you know, I mean, I know Jack's the CEO, but does he have the right to like share that? Like yeah. what happens when you get those NBA clips? Does that mean that companies need to pay you if you're, you know, if they're posting this, like what exactly does it mean? And I think we're still trying to figure out the details. Yeah. Um. So I think right now it's a lot of hype until we figure out exactly what, um, purchasing, I guess, intellectual property is. Well, I, did, I don't know if you saw this one this morning. They sold, did you see the, the most expensive NFT was sold yesterday, I guess? 60, 60, 60 million or something? 60 million. <laughs> yeah. The 5,000, I guess there's an artist that's been producing digital art for 5,000 days straight. And that was his, his production. I was like, okay. Yeah. Again, I don't get it. I am humble enough to know that maybe there's something that can come of it. But right now I think that it's a very, very dangerous place unless you're selling it. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a very dangerous place unless you're the seller. And then you have to be careful because again, it goes back to, you know, the greater fool theory. If you're buying it and you're going to resell it, like, are you going to be the one with holding the bag? Yeah. And, yeah. Until we so know what this is. Yeah. We'll both leave NFTs and I'm not a believer. I think it, I think there'll be far more people hurt than, for now, Win. but yeah. for now, but that's the that's how all innovation comes. It comes with um, people taking advantage of it until we figure out exactly what it does. Yeah, so. yeah, no question. Well, let's go back to the crypto space. When you when you look at crypto, do you see currency asset? What what do you see when you look at the crypto space? What what why do you have a little bit of that uh, in your world? For me, the only place I can see any sort of um, value in terms of like money 
that would be Bitcoin. Um, okay. For everything else, I see the opportunity that it presents and the new things. Crypto, in other words, the, the having that ledger, having something that is, um, what is it called? Where you don't <laughs> you don't have the middleman, right? right. Where yep. you where you where you decrease the middleman. But, that is valuable. Every single time where we've been able to cut the middleman out, we make things faster, we make things better. Um, like you got rid of the telegraph where you had to go there and find somebody to, to like decode everything for you and give that to you. Things got faster and better when you kind of, to be honest, you kind of cut the postman out. All of a sudden you get emails, things get faster and better. And what does it look like when we can do real estate without having to have a huge title company go through all of these documentation everywhere else? What if it's just on the blockchain and everything's tied? It's, you know, something you can't take off, you can't put away. You, everything is documented all in one place. Does that make things faster and better? And yeah. I think, yes. And I think that's the opportunity that blockchain and crypto has. Um, but does that mean that all of these tokens are money and all of these, no. Does it even mean that good blockchains might have tokens that are worth very little? Absolutely, why not? I don't know where people got the idea that a coin has to, other than the, the name coin, that a coin has to do anything or have any sort of value. Oh, that I being like said, that. Yeah. I, that being said, I, it's not like I don't own any, uh, again, nothing that I can't afford to lose, <laughs> but I mean, to be honest, those are really just kind of just gambling and seeing what could stick. And there are pro projects that I like that I think could do really well. I think, uh, the girl yesterday or last time was talking about Cardano. I love them. I think that's super amazing. I've had my eye on them since 2017. I threw $500 in there. It's I think about six grand now. That's pretty cool. But if it's gone, if it goes to zero, it goes to zero. Yeah. I'm hoping that the, I'm hoping that the, I guess the underlying fundamentals of what they're trying to do is what actually works. Yeah, I think I think without question, the blockchain, the single ledger, the uh, all of that, uh, I think blockchain wins. Mm -hmm. I think it impacts plenty of businesses, like real oh, yeah. estate, like like insurance, like lots of other things. Um, intellectual capital with NFTs, it will be something. Will it be NFTs? I don't know. It'll be something, right? And um, I totally agree with all of that. And then, so when you, like, if you're talking to people about investing or, or getting a little piece of this, do you, do, should they start with Bitcoin? Because that's the one that's closest to holding value? Or how do you feel about that? Well, to be honest, I consider the altcoins, the Ethereum, the Cardanos, the Stellar, I consider all of that the same as betting on or looking at saying, I don't know, pharmaceuticals and saying, I like this pharmaceutical company the most. Mm -hmm. The average person isn't going to find out what drugs this pharmaceutical company is doing. They're yeah. not going to find out how close are they from getting FDA approved. They're not looking at all of the fundamentals that actually determine whether or not this something can be successful. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I would say that if you're going to do crypto, most again, you're most likely looking at it, not looking at it in that way. So you should never put anything that you can afford to lose. Understand your gambling. I when I, I when I started putting money in there, I kind of considered it my pizza money, even mm -hmm. for, for Bitcoin. Um, it's like I can put $20 in there because I'm just not going to buy pizza this week. It was it's not it's no loss net loss to me. But right. if it takes off, it can go far. Um, Bitcoin is different because I think that if you for a lot of people, understanding Bitcoin helped them understand money and value and time. Ah. So that's extremely different to me. Um, I love how you talk about with your, your financial class where you say that time has value. Yeah. Time and what you're spending your money on is you giving away your time. 
And that's something that people do not understand. Um, our current monetary system is based on debt. Oh, like, no question. <laughs> it's based on debt. So it needs people to trade their money or trade their time for money so that they can pay off debt, so that they can get more debt. Mm. So all the while chasing a better life, but all that better life does is qualify you for more debt. That's what you're talking about when you say that when you're kind of close to the edge. Yeah, <laughs> slippery <laughs> slope. Yeah. You're in that <laughs> sweet spot because they want you to have more debt. Yeah, um, you're right. And there's only two ways I can think of to get out of that cycle. Okay. Um, you need to buy assets and get assets that are going to grow in value faster than your debt will. And most, and preferably get assets that will grow that somebody else is actually paying off for you. Or you actually have to have something that can store value. Yes. And right now we don't have anything that can store value. Um, Gold can, I, and I, I don't, I'm actually not opposed to gold and silver. I think that they're very good things to do or things to have, but there's manipulation. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of things. And then, uh, was it JP Morgan? All right. I can't remember. There's all these banks that just got, uh, fined for manipulating mm -hmm. the markets. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of things that are going on. Uh, Bitcoin though, is one thing that cannot be manipulated because it has a ledger. It, oh, you always know how much exists. It's not they're creating gold certificates that they don't actually plan on delivering on. No, they they always they always exist. It always exists. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty well said. I you know obviously it's a real estate channel. We try to help people buy conservative, you know, boring, you know, twenty percent down cash flow stuff. But your idea of, of Bitcoin storing value, I mean that's that's got to be apparent to everybody now because. What did we do last year? I think it's like $20 trillion or some crazy ass number we printed mm -hmm. and we're going to do it again this year and maybe even more. It's, you know, it's we're, crazy we're what we're doing very, to the dollar. We're a very small step away from just, just, I think things go slow and then they go fast. Hmm. If you had said uh, 20 years ago, and I think this is, I've read a lot of different books. One of them is like the price of tomorrow, which I really love. Um, and hmm. it talks about the fact that the things that we need to do to maintain our system are exponentially increasing. Okay. And so that's the reason why, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, you didn't need a trillion dollars, but now we do. Now we're not talking, we went from talking about 1 trillion to talking about three, four, five, six trillion. Yeah. And what does it look like in five years to maintain the status that we're on? You're going to need more and more and more. Yeah, that's that's the big problem I have with what's going on right now. Because again, I I really cut my teeth as an investor big time in the Great Recession. Mm -hmm. Depending on what you read, we spent about 800 billion kind of getting through that, right? Mm -hmm. As a you know, and again, we so you could argue that 800 billion was the reason it took four or five years to recover. I think that's a fair, right? If you spent 1.6, is it faster? Probably. Is it, is it half? Uh, I doubt it. But what are we doing now? Now we're spending, call it five trillion, six, maybe 10. And, you know, it's kind of backed, you know, we've seen huge asset inflation, which is not normal, right? The stock market shouldn't be 15% higher than it was before, you know, during the depths of, or right before the pandemic, right? We still got lots of GDP growth and we got 11 million people unemployed, but God damn it, we spent $6 trillion. That money's got to go somewhere. So yeah, it's, it's pretty scary what I see coming. And I think, I think uh, our current leadership's about to spend a bunch more money on infrastructure, which on top of the 1.9 that was signed today, scares me. The sad thing about it is that 
in order for us to work in this frame, like I don't really know how else it could go. Like it, it has to keep going along this projection. There's, there's no way of fixing it unless you're saying that I'm bucking the system. And we created the system. Like oh, there's, yeah. and on top of that, we, we're dragging the world with us. It's not. <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we're not alone this time, right? We're, we are not. And yeah. um, when in, in 1970, when you know we got off the gold standard. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I don't know enough to say yeah. whether anything's good or bad. All I can say is that when you did that, you now don't have any sort of yardstick. If you don't have any yardstick that's telling you what should or shouldn't happen or how far you can go, what stops anybody from doing anything? And right now, the, the U.S. is the yardstick. Mm. So if the, yards, if the U.S. as the yardstick says a trillion's good, then a trillion's good and the rest of the world has got to follow. Yeah. Um, we are extremely privileged in the fact that the consequences of our actions are not necessarily felt by us. There are other countries that feel it a lot more strongly. Yeah, um, right. And that's the other thing that I really like about Bitcoin is, again, we look at this from a U.S. perspective, what U.S. companies are involved in it and what U.S. companies do X, Y, Z. Mm. But there are other people in other countries that this changes the game for them. Yeah. Like, do you realize somebody in Venezuela where they're creating one million pound five or five million you know, peso notes or whatever recently, if they bought a little bit of Bitcoin and that was their store of value and they bought that, you know what I mean? If they bought yeah. that a year ago, yeah. like all of a sudden it changes their lives. You're looking at people in Jordan, I think it was last year where they had bank bail-ins and all of a sudden you couldn't get more than $200 out of your bank account at any point in time. That happened in Cyprus. You're looking at Nigeria where the Senate flat out said, you know, Bitcoin kind of makes our, val our currency valueless and useless. That was something they literally said, quoted. Wow. Um, in India, they got rid of the two, I think it was four or five years ago, they got rid of the two biggest denominated bills on a moment's notice. And people just all of a sudden were standing in lines trying to get their money traded in hmm. because it was worthless. Like there are people all over this world who are living in very different circumstances hmm. and being able to trade in and out of a system <laughs> is that, that, that changes the game for them. And that's also another reason I like Bitcoin. Yeah. That's actually one of the subtle reasons that you know, I decided to move 1% of my net worth because again, I saw what was going on in other countries. Now I don't expect it would ever happen here. Reserve currency of the world, rule of law, but could it? Absolutely. Could, could a portion of that happen? And let's just be very clear. I, I don't like either political party, but I really don't trust them. I do not yeah. trust them. So yeah, I'm going to have a 1% insurance policy that if they you know, if they mess with the system, you know, I, I could cash in and just jump on a plane and go somewhere else. Again, as far as I'm concerned, there are two things that can potentially save you from this situation. And, and, and to the point where you're not trading time for money and trying to fight not only inflation and, uh, you know, debt and compound interest in, against you. The only two things I can think of is buying assets, preferably ones that other people are paying for and mm -hmm. trading their time for money to get, which is unfortunate, but they're trading their time and their money to get you something, mm -hmm. or potentially there might be a glimmer of hope that something outside of the system can be used as a, as a ruler. And that would be Bitcoin. That'd be kind of like my, the option that you said. Yeah. For me, it was very, it's, it was really that kind of logic it was like, okay, we already are, or we're already levered to cash flowing assets, the, the net worth, the income, we don't live flashy. So we're good. Right. But you know, there's still that outside part of me that goes, you know what, we have a risk of being US based and, 
we we have uh, you know a couple of years right, both red and blue, spending a gob of money with seemingly no thought about how the bill comes due. So uh, that's really what made me go look for my insurance policy again because I did it in like 07, 08. Um, and it was all silver and gold and it paid mm-hmm. off and we sold and we you know did all those things. But I, Bitcoin's the right answer because again, if, if, I, if it did go, if it went hella handbasket and I was going to go to New Zealand or some other country, I could, I could, I can move that it's Bitcoin. It's unconfiscatable. Yeah, it's, I don't. I don't have anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's unconfiscatable. And I think there's. What was the other thing I wanted to say? Oh, I. I think that our. our I guess my generation, I'm the millennials. You know, we're kind of dis. We're disillusioned by life right about now. Yeah, no, and you should probably um, should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like any of the things that people told us are working out for us. And I think <laughs> I'm sorry, that hurts. <laughs> I have a daughter who's a millennial. I, I understand that hurts. It's not your fault. I mean, yeah, a little I, bit. The, <laughs> it's not your list. You're, you're doing the best for your, your daughter and everything. So it's not, it's not your fault. Thank and you're you. educating. That's, that's, to be honest, the only thing that you can give when you have a system that is broken yeah. is education on how to thrive in that system. Awesome. So you're doing everything that you can. Um, but one thing that I think that we're really frustrated about um, is that again, things didn't work the way we're planned. And what makes me really nervous is retirement. Oh. If I go to my 401k right now, they tell me to have a good retirement, you need to make, you need to put so much in, it's going to go up at such and such a rate. And also that you need to aim to have at least 85% of what you're making right now. Yeah. And you'll be fine in retirement. Well, I, then I hear Powell talking about, yeah, we want to have the interest rate run hot a little bit. Yeah. What does that mean compounded? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you say that the CPI is this, which is, you know, how they're getting some of these numbers and they don't include healthcare, you know, like what exactly <laughs> they go X food, X gas, X tra- gold or oil. I was like, what? Yeah. Like they don't include any of these things. And yeah. 200 years ago, mm-hmm. people didn't say, I have, you know, so I have this field or I have this thing that I'm passing down to my heirs, but they need to at least double it because otherwise, you know, it's game over for them. That's actually something that's relatively new within the last 50 to 100 years, really, where all of a sudden the things that you have, you can't trust that it actually is going to have any value. And Mm -hmm. I guess that's the other thing that makes me really worried. And that's what makes, again, pushed me, pushed us into real estate and Bitcoin. Yeah. One of the things that I am I didn't appreciate when I bought my first coin, but I appreciate more now is I think millennials are going to have increasing power over what wins and fails over the next two or three decades, which frankly, I plan to live, right? I'm not in the millennial generation. I'm in, I'm kind of between the two monsters, right? I'm a gen X guy. And I think, I think for me, the baby boomers have had, I mean, they're still important. They still have most of the wealth, right? They're downsizing They're, They're interesting. But as far as technology and what wins going forward, I think millennials are going to have far more of a say than than uh, baby boomers f- from now on. I think in the political arena, that last election we just suffered through is probably the last time the, the baby boomers have the majority of the votes, right? The next election will be for the millennials to kind of decide just given the size. Uh, I think, you know, whether the crypto space, I think millennials are going to make it work. NFTs, millennials will make it work. Uh, I think cities, a big thing for me is what cities are the millennials going to go? I want to live there. And which mm-hmm. ones are they going to give the big old middle finger to? 
because I'm going to guess it's different than where the baby boomers were. And uh, mm-hmm. I... I think that's a big deal. I think millennials need to be respected and watched more, in my opinion. I think that we, I I agree. I definitely think that we're going to be setting a lot of trends. I don't necessarily think that millennials know the power they have. I think we've kind of gotten put down a lot. (laughs) (laughs) We get put down a lot. And I, I don't think that, and I think sometimes, even with making the changes that are necessary, I think sometimes it can be really apathetic. Um, well, you got to get I past that or else. Oof. I know. Oh, that's, that's a dangerous slope. It's yeah. really dangerous. And I, and to some extent, you also kind of see Gen Z stepping out and being the voice a lot more than millennials are in some ways. So I think that's very interesting. Yeah. You got to watch um, those Gen Zers, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> they make their presence known. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited though. I think that we're going to have some hard times, especially as again, people start getting clued into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, again, as I said, this has only really been going on in the last 7,500 years. It's not, this game hasn't been played for too long and it's getting more and more extreme. It's growing exponentially, mm-hmm. at least from what I can see. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to cause a lot of anger. It's going to cause a lot of frustration. I think that's dangerous, but I think that there could be a possibility of us turning things around. Yeah, and I'm hoping Bitcoin can be part of it. So there you go. So are you still doing pizza money every week or every other week buying a little little portion of a coin every now and again? Or what's going on? Uh, yeah, I have been. It's been a little bit more than pizza money as I see things going on nice. uh, recently. But again, nothing that I, well, I guess we're starting to get a little pretty penny, especially with the huge price jump. So I mean, I'd be a little sad if it's gone, but it wasn't anything that I couldn't afford to lose when I put it in there. Right. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, recently we had a little bit of a hiccup on one of our properties. Again, I'll put that in the Facebook group. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I so like gonna pause on the purchases right now, but you know, I put in, I don't know, hundred dollars every couple of weeks. It's yeah, it's not it's nothing crazy. Um, no, but it's it's uh, I call that pay me first or forced savings or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it, right? Dollar cost averaging, whatever these sexy terms are. You're like, hey, I'm just I'm just gonna take a little bit of my effort or time. And I'm going to convert it to this, put it on the ledger and we'll see where it goes. If it at least, even if it just stores it for where things are right now, I think that'd be great. Yeah. So So if you were going to send a friend somewhere to do some more research, what are are the, I don't know if it's YouTube channels or where would you tell people to go look to to learn more? Where where do they start? Oh, I've been deep in the rabbit hole for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, to be honest, I get my daily investment news from the modern investor. (laughs) He just kind of gives a 20, 30 minute rundown on all the random crypto topics going on. Um, Modern investor. mm -hmm. Um, Andreas Antonopoulos is wonderful for explaining what Bitcoin is, why it's valuable, what the, how it can, how it's used in other countries and like what, why it may have no significance to the average American but why it could mean the world for somebody else. Um, I think he's, he's really, really great. He's got some great analogies that I love. Can you put, can you send me his name? Cause I'll never guess how to spell that. Yes. I'll (laughs) I'll actually send you a couple videos that I listened to and I was just like, wow. (laughs) So please do. Yeah. He's great. Please do. Okay. Thank you very much for this. This is fun. Uh, I want to thank you for reaching out and uh, being a active participant. Thank you. Thank you for all of the things that you post every day. I watch you daily. Oh, wow. Thank <laughs> you. I, I watch you daily and I really, really appreciate it. It's, um, I guess, with all the craziness that's been going on around the country and, you know, with Corona, it actually helps to have somebody who's, 
you know, just giving the daily, like focus on your goals, stay grounded. It definitely helps stay, helps me stay grounded. So I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for that, Kay. You know, that, that put a smile on my face. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye.